Hello and welcome once again to another Sega Guys episode. It's me, Dan Swooper D, and with me, as always, the NASA the Barber to my Jimmy the Cybernetically Enhanced Gamer, dishing out the Cyber Razor cuts tonight. It's James <laughs> the Psycho- Sega Holic. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic, mate. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm like, <laughs> thinking that uh, that little intro there might give people a little hint of as to what we may be talking about today. Uh, <laughs> but how you doing, mate? You good? It's been so long since you did one of these. It has, I. I mean, it's, I think it's about four or five weeks since the last one, the, the Sega Gaga, which I actually can't believe it's been that long. Um, but I mean, the the uptake on the, the pod, man, I just want to kind of take this opportunity just to thank every single person that's listening to this, that's, you know, tuned in to either all of or some of, you know, the previous shows. Um, I know we've you know, spoken in private and we're both completely blown away by the kind of reception that we've had. I mean, we started off and... You know, it started off quite slow, as you would expect for a new podcast, finding its feet, trying to find its audience, and, you know, we're almost at kind of parity where it's 100, episodes, 100 downloads per episode, you know, it's it's that kind of, the numbers are levelling out, and it's just insane to see that kind of growth, so, um, you guys seem to be enjoying it, we love doing it, so, just again, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, just to echo that, just thanks so much to everyone for for tuning and giving giving us your time because uh, and it, it's just a it's just a blast to to record. And I hope you're having as much as fun as as we are. No, nope, so, absolutely. <laughs> so it's it's um, obviously obviously it's been a while since we've done one of these, um, but it seems to have been a, a a bit of a crazy 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 month or so. So it seems like it wasn't that long ago we were doing the the Sega Saturn 25th anniversary. Um, and then today, as we record this, we've had all sorts of crazy next next gen news, and there's a couple of US based um, birthdays for consoles. Uh, but we're not interested in any of that for this show. We're interested in in one console and one console only, and that is the Sega Mega Drive. So, some people may be thinking, "What are you two talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it on Twitter already. <laughs> yo, man, yo. Hey, excuse me, sir. What's what's a Mega Drive? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 pretty mad, isn't it? Because wasn't the uh, the Japanese run was obviously two years ago, and wasn't that when they announced the uh, the Mega Drive Mini? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And of course, the the Sega Genesis was was last year. <laughs> I think when we were when we were talking about this show, wasn't it? I'm sure we saw a tweet saying it's been 31 years. Aye, that's right. Yeah, not for us. <laughs> not for us. Uh, it's the, the the good old uh, early 90s when we were last in the queue to get absolutely everything, <laughs> and we didn't get it until two years after after the after the Japanese launch. You think? Me and you, mate. We both we both couldn't get uh, wait to get our hands on the on the Dreamcast, and that was what fifteen months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine waiting two years for a new console. I mean, a future show is going to be obviously when we've got kind of stockpiled as the whole kind of import scene, which was something we were part of, and it was a great era and a great time. But if you were on the inside looking out, it was great. But if you're on the outside looking in, man, it was pretty grim you yeah. know the, the the times you had to wait f- to get games um was just insane then whenever they did come here um they were 17 percent slower yeah <laughs> with giant borders 
Street Fighter 2, Hadouken. <laughs> Speed up. Yeah, and a certain blue spiky person you all get will come to, I'm sure, later on, uh, was uh, notoriously slower. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a, a, a bit of history with the with the Mega Drive because it was originally uh, going to be called the Mark V, which I always think that's is quite funny because you had the SG one thousand in eighty three, and then you had the Mark II, the Mark III in Japan. Then you had the the Master System, which was released in the West, and then Japan again. So this was the, the Mega Drive was to be Sega's fifth console in what. Five years, <laughs> and people, the, people the, the one, the one and signs were there, mate. Really, <laughs> I, I know. I mean, uh, people, people say, "Oh, the Fate to X and the Mega CD, they were making too many consoles." That that was their MO from day one. <laughs> we should have seen it coming, mate. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's like you said, the writing was on the wall there, there and then. <laughs> get another one, get another one, yeah. something. <laughs> What do you mean with the money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we start selling the, before we finish selling the current one, let's let's make the next one. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's um, X, a, Xbox All Access two years. That wouldn't be enough for Sega. You have about you have about five different finance plans if Sega done All Access. So, oh. I've just finished paying off a twenty quid for the last one, but <laughs> next one's it already. Oh dear, but yeah, I mean, it was a big jump on what came before, obviously. So this was the the Mark V was to be modelled off the System Thirty, sorry, System Sixteen hardware. So that was the arcade board that uh, had games like Fantasy Zone, Alien Storm, Altered Beast, uh, just to name but three. Um, so that was the the template for for Sega's next big machine. They really wanted to challenge Nintendo uh, in in Japan and in um, America, where the the NES was really gaining a foothold, but uh, the basis was it was the uh, the trusty old Motorola sixty eight thousand. So I know we talked before about how I'm a floozy because I can't stick to one virtual fighter character, but I think the uh, the sixty eight thousand's got to be the ultimate floozy of a uh, of a CPU, hasn't it? It's been just about everything. <laughs> oh, I'm just a. Uh... I'm just going to go through here, try because I'm looking at and you said there was several names. Yeah, we're, we're looked at for some. Actually, try to kind of look and see if we have the the archive of what the some of the selections were because we we heard about the Dreamcast having you know thousands of of names that they were going through yeah. before they settled on it. So it'd be interesting if we could find the the array of names for for both of these systems to see exactly what they were going to come up with because obviously we had the the whole Mega Drive and Genesis is where it kind of set with Gen- I can't get my head around Genesis I'm sorry yeah I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um, apparently the Genesis one was made by someone from Atari so it, it they originally Sega didn't have the distribution in in America they were looking for Atari to partner up with them um, and it was someone from Atari who said uh uh, how about the name Genesis? Because Mega Drive Systems, uh, who who make st- storage in, in in America, they'd uh, they'd cut, they'd trademark the name, so they had to change it. And someone suggested Genesis as a as a new beginning. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's someone from Atari that came up with it, um, and it went it went as far as uh, uh, Jack Tramiel um, as the whether to give the go ahead, and uh, he chose not to. Instead, he wanted to focus on the Atari ST. I know that well. 
Don't bring up bad memories, mate. Because <laughs> I've already said to you, I feel like a fish out of water in this episode. This is a, I'm, I've jumped in at the deep end here. <laughs> Listeners will discover us as we go through this. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to be absolutely fine, mate. But, <laughs> got those ST memories. But, yeah, I mean, the, the it was launched in 88 in Japan, obviously, so we got it two years later. Um, but in Japan, uh, it never really could gain a foothold. So the NES was obviously king over in Japan. Uh, the PC Engine launched later, and um, the Mega Drive just couldn't catch either of them up um, and, and just remained in third place to them and then just got trounced by the, the SNES over there. But it wasn't until the, the US Genesis launch uh, a year later where it actually started um, emerging as a bit of a success. So you it, it launched two weeks before the um, before the TurboGrafx 16, which was the PC engine over there. Um, they didn't waste time redesigning it or anything like that. So it's it, 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 it's kind of one of those where it seems like it worked then for the Mega Drive, and then they tried it, you know, six years later in 1995 for a certain 32-bit system, and it didn't work quite as well. <laughs> I wonder what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it 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 did well initially out the gate. The uh, the Genesis um, with the classic uh, Genesis does sixteen bit color. <laughs> the old Genesis does from Nintendo. <laughs> uh, I love I love the fact that everything every point we have to make when us when to sing it. <laughs> it's not it's not emphasized unless it's been sung Dan. That's just the, the, the mantra for that show. There is any anything worth doing is worth singing about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it took a it took it took a whole year for it to come from America over here. Now obviously in the UK the uh the SMS was already doing pretty well. The the NES was a bit of a non event over here. Um but when it came to uh to Announcing and, and uh, distributing the, uh, the the console, it was uh, Virgin Mastertronic. Uh, they were the ones who um, that, who took over distribution from Sega. They were already doing it for the for the Master System, um, but they only had um, I can't remember. I think it was uh, twenty thousand or forty thousand consoles, um, and they didn't expect to sell them all. But they sold out so quick they had to they had to double double their orders. So um, yeah, it, it, it became a, a pretty Pretty much an instant success over here. Had uh, some launch games were Space Harrier 2, Super Hang On, Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario GP, Italia 90, Alter Beast, uh, and Alex Kid. Um, so I don't know about you, James. I think that's a pretty, a pretty strong lineup there. Um, I think uh, Super Hang On for me and Ghouls and Ghosts are probably the, the, the pick of the bunch. Uh, I don't know if there's any that stand out for you there. They stand out for me having crappy ports on the Amiga and ST. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had Space Harrier One, Super Hang On. I mean, go. I mean, all all these games at some point, you know, did did cross over. I mean, multi platform. I think in the nineties, apart from the kind of big titles like your mascot titles, like your Mario's and Sonics they tended not to cross over, but everything else at that time, it seemed to be that everything got a port, you know, all the way down to the lowest common denominator. I mean, it was like, you were finding the Spectrum was getting ports of things as well yeah. back then. It was crazy. I mean, I, I think, I'm sure I remember having Ghouls and Ghosts on the Spectrum. 
Yeah. No, it, was, it was crazy to see these games. I mean, people talk about scalability not being able to be done between <laughs> Xbox Series X and they S. They held back. <laughs> mate, mate, they were scaling Street Fighter 2 back to the spectrum. Yeah. You couldn't play it, but it was scaled back. Yeah. So... If if we could give a shout out to Dealer, there you go. <laughs> Scalability's been going on since the eighties, mate. So there we go. Yeah, oh, God, it was. Uh, that's what, one of the things that I love about it, like the Arcade Perfect uh, podcast with uh, with uh, Daz and Tagstar. Uh, there's so many ports of some games; it's absolutely mind boggling. And it was the same here, but it's because um, you were uh, you had the ST originally, didn't you? Yeah. And then you, you went on to the uh, the Amiga, uh, but. The, the, again, the common the common denominator between those two and the Mega Drive again is that is that multi roller sixty eight thousand. So, mm, yeah. um, I mean that that was still being used in the Jaguar of all consoles. Jeez, <laughs> the sixty four bit quote unquote monster. Yeah, do the math. Aye. <laughs> so, so even though the ports obviously you know the, the, they the quality varied wildly, but. Um, <laughs> If you're from going from from Spectrum to Mega Drive, but uh, it was it was interesting to see uh, to see them come to so to see those games come to so many systems. Um, but yeah, as we as we set up, I didn't get one at launch. Um, I, I don't think I even knew what one was at launch <laughs> at the time. I think I was probably uh, I don't think I'd I I, I I had my Commodore 64, but I didn't um, I, I I didn't have any consoles at that point. But do you remember when you first saw a, saw a Mega Drive in person? What were your memories of that? In person, um, probably in the shops on my Saturday ventures into the city centre with the, the old trusted uncle. Um, used to do our kind of joints round your your kind of usual tech stores. Mm. Um, but in terms of actually seeing one not in a retail space, I had friends that did have them, um, but. I don't ever recall seeing a Mega Drive 1. It was a Mega Drive 2 that I seen first time, and it was my best mate Sam, his cousin called Ronnie. He brought one over, um, and it was whenever he had Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how long it took for me to see a Mega Drive in person. Um, oh. There was also a friend at school who stayed on good old Dumbarton Road, if any people from the Scottsdale region... <laughs> Stewie might know, in fact, Stewie will know Dumbarton Road because he's in Clydebank, anyways. It's a big long road that joins Scottsdale, Yoker, White Inch, and Clydebank, so he'll know it. Um, but stayed a school friend that stayed in there. Um, and I remember playing The Lion King and Aladdin on, on theirs, and again, that was a Mega Drive 2 as well. Um, that, that I seen those games running, and I was kind of blown away by the fact that these looked like cartoons. Mm. You know, that. Um, you know, you had the soundtrack in there as well, but you know, obviously it was kind of sixteen bit soundtrack which has its own kind of charm anyway. But yeah. um in terms of getting my own Mega Drive, I didn't get my own one um until after I had a Saturn. Um and basically it was a, a place called Game Zone, which used to be the micro shop in Partick. Um they were called the Micro Shop. They moved down to a place called Thornwood, which was further back. Um, on that main road on Dumbarton Road. Dumbarton Road's long, by the way. It goes for like climb back to the city centre. It's the most ridiculous mm. road you've seen in your life, man. It takes about <laughs> 80 bends and still somehow gets to the town. But I don't know what it's... Um, everyone's like, where are you going? Dumbarton Road? Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Reggie Stey, Dumbarton Road. Well, what, but, um, 
but I it was it was called uh, the micro shop, and then it kind of got decanted for renovation, um, and then reopened in their, their old premises when they were done up, and they were called Game Zone, um, and it was in there, um, the infamous shop with the shoulder pads and the jacket guy that said Panzer Dragoon wasn't up to much, <laughs> um, in there. Um, and I remember I got a Mega Drive with Sonic 1 and 2 for, if I remember, it was like 20 quid. Yeah. Um, and they were not boxed. They were dusty. The games had no boxes, no instructions. It was not the most luxurious way to experience the, <laughs> the Mega Drive for yourself. <laughs> you know, if you think my Saturn I got from Uncle's Loft came to me in bad night getting pulled out of a carrier bag covered in spray paint, then um, this this Mega Drive had seen far better days. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a collector's uh, item then. No, um, no, people were only giving a shit about it back then, man. It was, uh, I'm done with that, F- throw it away. Hmm. Um, but I still, it was quite kind of, it was almost kind of, I wouldn't say surreal, but I felt as if I'd kind of finally earned, you know, having that, because it was the machine that I always wanted. Um, you know, you had seen the adverts on TV for Sonic. You know, Sonic was also prevalent on Games Master. You know, the challenges, you know, for your first challenge, you must collect 100 <laughs> rings on Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, that kind of, you know, or else. My first challenge is on Green Hill Zone Act 2. You must you know, collect as many rings as you can in 30 seconds. That kind of stuff, you know, was like, it's <laughs> a really bad Patrick Moore impression. But, um, you know, so you were always kind of seen, it was always there, and kind of, at the time, whenever you had the ST and you were watching these kind of adverts and seeing these games and hearing people in school talking about it, and you, there was like an element of people in school that had the Amiga and the ST because the, the kind of piracy scene was, was rampant. You know, it was a oh, case of <laughs> oh, X copy for the win, mate, honestly. Um, so there was like kind of two kind of camps in school. You had your console gamers and your, your Amiga and ST gamers. And the Amiga gamers mocked the ST gamers. See, console wars were alive and well back then as well. Yeah. Um, but I, it was it was something that I felt I'd always kind of, I'd, I'd earned the right to have that because, as I say, I had the Spectrum. I had hundreds of games for that. Um, and that all got sold. Mom sold that in the classifieds at the time. Had enough money there to get a Mega Drive, and and I was convinced I was getting a Mega Drive. I'd been asking for a Mega Drive, um, and when that Atari ST gets slid out from behind the couch, man, honestly, see if I could go back in time, <laughs> put 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 the brain of the forty-one-year-old James into the body of the <laughs> of the, the, the eleven, twelve-year-old James, um, and just wait and see the reaction. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> oh, hey you, arse for fucking Mega Drive. <laughs> um, but no, it was. Uh, what year was that that you got the ST? Ben? Oh, mate, it's it's hazy. I mean, I'm thinking I'm maybe. 12, 13, 11, 12, 13. Because mm. I had the Spectrum very early. Because um, my first games on that were light gun games. I had Bullseye on the Spectrum. And last, uh, what was it? No, Bronx Street Cop was another one that I had with that. Um, and a couple of Dizzy games. And then when I got the SC, it came with a big LP style case. A big, and a guy actually sent me a, oh, that's terrible, I forgot his name. That's really bad if you're listening, I'm sorry. But he sent me a, a picture, is this it? Because I put a tweet out about it. And he said, is this it here? 
Um, and lo and behold, it was it was like a big LP cover, and you opened it up, and it was all these floppy discs, and it was like <laughs> um, Afterburner, Space Harrier, Predator, Hang On, uh, I think Golden Axe might have been in there. It was all like your kind of US Gold Sega games. Yeah, uh, and Ghosts and Ghosts was one of it as well. It was there was some absolute crap in amongst it as well, but <laughs> um, and they weren't the best kind of ports of these games um, but I, I did nothing to really compare them to at that time so they were for me it means I wasn't as Sega aware as I am now so the Sega logo came up US Gold logo came up and you were like right, fine blah 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 let's just play it <laughs> um, but no I mean I say years and dates for that are kind of hazy but I got the ST first and then eventually that gets sold not long I had that for about 18 months um, and that gets sold and then I got an Amiga 500 yeah, um, and then I kind of stayed on that all the way through to to getting the Saturn. So, I it was it was quite surreal. It was it was good seeing the Mega Drive sat next to the Saturn for that kind of period in the house. It was almost like ah right, I've got the kind of the predecessor now, so yeah. that looks that looks good. But I feel as if I kind of missed a trick, mate, because I was listening to the kind of the the memories that you know listeners have, have kindly sent in, which we will play for you um, in due course, guys. But you know, it was it's listening to that and you kinda of get quite kinda of envious because as as much as you know, I can I can look at people that are now giving the Saturn and Dreamcast a chance and playing them now for the first time and I can kinda of go, haha, well, we enjoyed them in their heyday and blah blah blah. Um there's people that have got that on me with the Mega Drive and I really wish that I had the opportunity, you know, to, to experience it. Um you know, first hand from the time it came out, which I should have, but I was duped as a child <laughs> betrayed. by parents, betrayed <laughs> an educational computer that can play games. <laughs> that that mate, that's that's jailbait, honestly. That's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> honestly. So I will turn it over to your good self as someone who does have experience with playing one in its heyday because I don't think listeners want to hear me ranting about Atari STs and Amigas mate so I mean when I I, I first saw one uh, at the time I'd only had a, a, a Commodore 64 and I had a friend um, and he he had an older brother and somehow his older brother always had the, the latest kit, in fact there was two mates that I had and both of their older brothers always had the latest kit um, so I was I must have been really young Yes, this is 1990, and um, we're playing with our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something in his front room, and then his brothers, his brothers come up and said, oh, do you two want to see this? And um, took us upstairs, and it wasn't the Power Mega Drive, it was a, it was a Japanese one, I remember the, the, the red um, the red tint where the power light is and the, and the 16-bit logo, and um, they, it had Altered Beast on the screen. And uh, I just, I think I was holding Donatello or something at that point, and I just sort of dropped it on the floor. It was just, <laughs> you know, I'm playing Commodore 64 games, and there's this, this <laughs> amazing thing in front of me, <laughs> and uh, I was just, I was just blown away, and uh, it stuck with me um, um, for a while. But I, 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 I didn't get to play it. I think I, I might have played 30 seconds of it, because I, I remember it was the level with the, you turn into the bear, like the third level. And I remember turning into a ball and killing gargoyles or something. And then I think the pad was taken away from me and 
faster than I picked it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it stayed with me. I mean, it was it, it left such a lasting impression. Now, at the time, I wasn't buying any like, magazines or anything. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't getting Mean Machine Sega or anything yet. I was still just a Commodore 64 gamer. Um, and then it wasn't until my brother's birthday that um, uh, my mum was saying, oh, we're thinking of getting this computer. And I was like, oh, yeah, that one, the Sega. Um, and uh, he got a, a Master System too, um, which uh, I think I'll go into a, I explain that de- the story a little bit on uh, on the WordPress site. Um, so it wasn't quite the Mega Drive, but he did get Sonic the Hedgehog with it because this was August 1991. Um, so him and uh, my brother, my sister and I would play, would play Sonic the Hedgehog all the time. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog for us was, he was king. There was just... It was the first, the Master System game was the first one I completed. Um, I remember that's the first game I'd seen the credits for. I hadn't finished any of my Commodore 64 ones. Um, and uh, it's funny because <laughs> um, the, the next year, 1992, um, I go around to this friend's house again, um, playing whatever was in vogue at that moment. I think we we're playing, uh, wouldn't have been Ninja Turtles, we something else. <laughs> monster in my pocket or some some nonsense and his brother he's gone oh do you want to see what my brother's got now he takes us upstairs and uh he shows me uh a super famicom <laughs> playing playing street fighter 2 the old uh, japanese snes and uh once again my head was turned <laughs> so it was uh so again it's like wow this is the most amazing thing ever and that that feeling lasted a couple of months uh, until I saw the previews uh, in magazines, and th- there was a, there was a tape going round um, of Sonic the Hedgehog two, uh, and that it was at that point I was like, we, we I, I need to get Sonic Sonic two. So we got the master. My brother got the Master System one for his birthday, and uh, it just because you couldn't play as Tails in it, it didn't have the two player mode that the Mega Drive one had. So um, it was you know it was okay, but um, we wanted the Mega Drive one. I remember going month or so later into I don't know, it would have been a month it would have been in november going into comet and uh they had the demo pods going and they had sonic the hedgehog 2 and about three mega drives in there and uh <laughs> i was uh i was trying to talk to my mum and dad and you know you know why i've got the, the commodore and, and and my brother's got the uh he's got the master system well, this is this is what sister wants. Is is this one? We think it, she should have her own console to try to <laughs> into, into buy her a Mega Drive. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the thing was, we all wanted it. All three of us. <laughs> um, I remember. I remember being in our house at the time in the kitchen, and my dad was. Uh, I think he'd just come back from the pub and going, "Look, you've got to behave yourselves. If this is what you want, then." Um, then we'll get it. So it was a joint it, Christmas day finally came. It's a joint present to all three of us uh, ripped it open. It was the Sonic, the Hedgehog. It was the Sonic Hedgehog one and two packs. It had Sonic the Hedgehog one and two with it. Um, the first Sonic the Hedgehog I'd played a fair bit at an auntie's house. Um, so that one, we just tossed off. What we wanted was the real deal. We wanted Sonic the Hedgehog two, you know, the Mega Draft came with two pads and everything. Um, and we booted it up and we're trying to play two player. But we kept going into verses uh, and queue lots of lots and lots of arguing between a, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a six-year-old about who's doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, and nobody wins. <laughs> nobody wins. Stop, Fred, and start. You're doing it wrong. 
I don't want a verse. We need to go through it together. <laughs> but I all settled down, and uh, it it just became a, a, a firm favourite. Um, you know, I was I was. It's it's funny because I, my head was turned, and, and there was a there was a small phase where I really wanted a Super Nintendo after playing Street Fighter Two. Uh, but as soon as Sonic the Hedgehog Two came around, um, that all just went completely out the window. <laughs> Um, until until uh, until the hype around Sonic the Hedgehog two wore off, and um, and I was like, you know what, I really need to play Street Fighter two. <laughs> of course, there were rumours about it, so it uh, it was uh, for what a good good few months, nearly a year, I think, until I finally got to get that for my birthday, uh, the Mega Drive one. So uh, yeah, that was that was my first. Um, when I first got the console, when I first saw it, and uh, yeah, that's what really set me off uh, down the old the old path of the Mega Drive. <laughs> well, I'm going to interject here because Street Fighter Two has come up quite heavily, Dan. Yeah, and I told you on WhatsApp that a memory came to mind, and I offered to tell you on WhatsApp, and we decided no. <laughs> I think your genuine reaction to this will be better for listeners because it might mirror their reaction because you are all going to laugh with me and at me. <laughs> Back in the 90s, Street Fighter 2 was getting ported to everything, as we said, scaled all the way down to the spectrum, as abysmal as it was. At the point Street Fighter 2 hype was taking over the world, um, the Amiga port started to kind of come to fruition whenever it was, kind of how long after the SNES and Mega Drive versus, I don't know exactly, but there was an Amiga magazine called The One. Yeah. Okay. And on The One, they gave you a Street Fighter 2 demo. So, on this demo, you had Ryu and Ken fighting on E-Honda stage. Looked great. It was no palette was a bit dull and things like that so there's me sitting there with my zip stick no innuendos please <laughs> and I'm trying to do the Hadoukens and the dragon dragon punches and hurricane kicks and I'm yeah woo but the saddest part about all this folks and I knew this I just decided to play along because <laughs> it felt like I was playing it <laughs> It was a fucking rolling demo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a random generated rolling demo. It changed every time you played it. <laughs> Ryu and Ken would fight it out and I would just basically play along in a sad little fucking teenage James. Of maybe about what, 12, maybe 13, I just about to hit my teens. <laughs> Everybody else is enjoying Street Fighter 2 on their Super Nintendos. There's Sado sitting there with a zipstick pretending he's playing it with a rolling demo on the Amiga. You sad case. <laughs> Mind you, it probably controlled about as well as the actual proper game did on the Amiga. Oh, mate, it was just... So there you go. Honestly, the, 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 the Street Fighter 2 hype and the need to have that game, I don't think unless you lived back then and were part of it, I don't think you can appreciate the the absolute need that people had to play that game. It was an absolute phenomenon. 
yeah i mean it's, it's something similar happened with um with a friend of mine um there's a uh, an old friend i have um he uh him, his brother and my brother were friends and they went to school together and then i Oh, me and uh, the older two of us became friends, and I remember they first came round to our house um, um, to visit, and uh, they came. They came in and was like, "What's this you're playing?" I was like, "Oh, Street Fighter Two on the Mega Drive," and uh, he was absolutely blown away. He was all, oh, "What? <laughs> I've got this on the Amiga. It's it's nothing like this." <laughs> and uh, do do you have the external disk drives piled up? <laughs> And because you have to go from disc one to disc three to load Dalzim stage. No, yeah. he only had the one the one drive in his uh, in his Amiga five hundred. So um, I remember he uh, he got a a Mega Drive th- that very next birthday. That was his number one because it, it really was. It was it's it's almost like um, I don't know what you can, what you can call it to Fortnite now. Uh, it was that big, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> The, the the only uh, the only other thing that I said that that rivaled how big Street Fighter was was of course Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, it was because uh, ninety one obviously we had Sonic one, um, which was a m- massive success for Sega, um, and then but then that's when Street Fighter two launched in the arcades, and then obviously nineteen ninety two we had as we were saying the SNES home port as well as the computer home ports, and then we had Sonic the Hedgehog two on the Mega Drive. So it was like they were trading blows then. It was until '93 that we actually got it special champion edition on the Mega Drive. Um, I actually, uh, I actually used my birthday money to buy that. Sixty quid that game was. That's right, aye. Um, but obviously, I still think the Mega Drive cover for champion edition, um, the PAL one, is only one I've I've seen. But that that kind of artwork, I still think it's probably the best box art for a Street Fighter game. It's yeah, it's, it's one of my favourites. Uh, I don't know if it's just a nostalgia, but I absolutely love that artwork. Mm. Um, it's the same as the um, uh, the Japanese one. I mean, uh, the, the 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 Genesis artwork is uh, is pretty abysmal. Actually, <laughs> 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 the case. Um, but yeah, it was it was, it was such a, a a big game and a big franchise. Um, that was as soon, as soon as the Sonic Two hype had worn had, had cooled down a little bit. I, I was. Fully back on that. Where, where's my Where's my Mega Drive port with Street Fighter? <laughs> and it, I mean, and it was the, the Champion Edition, obviously the the one that you know my my mate Sam's cousin brought over with mm. his Mega Drive too. Um, and it was a six button pad that he had with it as well. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I, again, I had a friend who had a Super Nintendo, um, and I, I briefly played Street Fighter two on that. Again, a school friend, um, but. That that controller never ever sat right with me. I never. I always felt it was too small, too cramped, um, and the kind of the shoulder buttons. And it's similar to how it is just now. I still don't. I, I basically don't use medium punch or kick when I play, um, you know, any Street Fighter games, whether it's a Dreamcast as well. Mm-hmm. I just basically use A, B, X, Y is low, low and high punch and kick. I'd even bother with the the, the shoulders. It just it just doesn't feel natural going up, you know that far away from that layout to do, you know, a separate or a more powerful or less powerful version of a command that's already sitting on a set of buttons below. It just doesn't feel, for me anyway, I can't, I don't I don't enjoy doing it or playing it like that. So um, you go for the, the Saturn controller playing a Street Fighter game, you know, it's the exact same experience. You've got that six button layout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I mean, Street Fighter 2 was an absolute phenomenon. It was, it was great to see the Mega Drive not only get 
a port, but I mean, get a really, really good port as well. Um, and the fact that it was Champion Edition and you had Turbo settings on it, I know Super uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo did come out on the SNES as well, but um, you know, yeah, that kind of helped negate that. that negated that kind of speed difference. But um, I remember Champion Edition, if you turned it up full speed, man, in the Mega Drive, it was nuts. Yeah, 10 stars. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> 10 stars. That's right. Yeah, 10 stars by default. Or you could do a cheat on the SNES Turbo Edition and you'd get 10 stars. Uh, but the Mega Drive, you redid the, the the cheat at the beginning, or I think it was when you were scrolling up to the, up the billboard to do the title screen, you can get five stars on, on Champion Edition. Uh, it's also got the team battle modes. Um, you can also turn certain moves off in multiplayer. There's loads of options in there that aren't in the SNES version. Um, obviously, you know, I'm the same as you, mate. I, I Even today, uh, I do play Street Fighter on the SNES now and again, um, but I tend to play it on the Mega Drive more. Uh, when I play it on the SNES, I don't use those shoulder buttons. I, I just I just can't get my head around it. You play it in the arcade, it's six buttons in front of you. The Mega Drive pad felt more feels more natural in that in that respect. Um, and because the Mega Drive sound hardware is closer to the arcade, uses that again Motorola sixty eight thousand in the CPS board. Ah, I think this, the Mega Drive's got the better version, <laughs> despite the voice despite the voice samples. I think everything else is better. That's you know obviously probably slightly biased here. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's this show called again? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nineteen ninety three was obviously that was Street Fighter two for the Mega Drive. We I remember we did get a couple of games like World of Illusion um, and Echo the Dolphin between my, my brother and sister and I. Uh, World of Illusion was a cracking game to play that uh, in co op. Um, I played it recently with my with my youngest as well. So <laughs> it's a really nice and easy co-op game to get through. Uh, but the yeah, end of the year was Street Fighter 2 and Aladdin. Uh, what a game that was. Aye. As well. So I said before, I mean, it was literally watching a cartoon being played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great, man. The soundtrack and the set and everything about it was just a, playability-wise, just a really good platformer. Um, a bit kind of surreal killing baddies with apples, but... Um, <laughs> That's what it is, mate. You know, I know you could use your sword if you got up close, but why bother, man? Just hit some apples at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's uh, it's it's funny because in the uh, in the SNES version, you don't have a sword at all, even though he's on the box with a sword. <laughs> he only has the apples. But, uh, yeah, we're getting into the old sixteen-bit wars again. <laughs> <laughs> See, con- console wars have never went away. Social media has just amplified them. Yes, but well, at least the uh, at least the SNES and the Mega Drive are uh, completely was so so different. Um, I mean, the SNES could do things that the the, the the Mega Drive couldn't, of course. But the 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 Mega Drive really had that that raw grunt. It's why that um, that whole blast processing um, t- that that marketing spiel came from. It's the fact that it was the the the, the CPU was so much faster than the uh, than than the SNES. It's like the old the old, it's, it's, it seems like the old PS5 SSD argument all over again. <laughs> it's, it's better it's better than in almost every way. But ah, oh, but we've got this. <laughs> but I think it did it did make a difference. Um, things like uh, shmups are, are a lot better on the Mega Drive. I think a lot of the action type, uh, like more of the action orientated games, whereas the SNES. Uh, Better for you know more epic Zelda's, your Final Fantasies, your RPGs. Um, 
it's funny because the SNES sort of occupies that that space where it's it's really good at the story driven games, whereas the the Mega Drive really is that that arcade that arcade machine, which is you know what Sega built it for first and foremost. Yeah, I mean my my memory back then again from the outside, you know, looking in, is it well the SNES was popular. I mean Sega really appeared anyway again from outside looking and appeared to have the UK in a complete iron grip mm. because I mean again at school everybody that had a console seemed to have a Mega Drive it was yeah. definitely the more prevalent you know friends of friends had Mega Drives um, everybody was talking about Sonic you very rarely heard people talking about Mario it was you know I think the, the last time I heard anybody talking about a Nintendo system was it's a guy, Kenneth, that I used to know in primary school, and he had a NES, and I used to go to his place and play the Turtles game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which, if you've seen it now, would probably look absolutely awful. But back then, again, being on the spectrum and having seen a, a NES, it was like, whoa, what is this? Um, but, no, it was... It just seems as if Sega really did have the UK in an absolute... Whether it was Europe-wide, I mean, I don't know the kind of breakdown of sales and whatnot, but just the general impression was that the Mega Drive just seemed to to just rule the roost here, um, which is what makes that whole, you know, the, the thing with the Saturn just even more depressing. You would really think that if there was any region to kind of capitalise on, um, you had the cool factor, you had the aggressive advertising, you know, um, it just, they just seem to be, just, I don't know, just the, the, the really, the cool newcomer, or the master system had been out, you know, beforehand, but everything was just geared towards they just had the right image. Yeah. They were capturing the right kind of demographic. They were targeting the right people. Um, they had games that just resonated with it, with that that age group, and they were mm-hmm. kind of capturing not just the kind of kids, but the young adults. And you know, they were kind of leaning, maybe trying to do what Sony managed to do in '95, which was capture the kind of lifestyle audience. Yeah. I think they were trying, and they were on the cusp of doing that. Um, and then again, as we've talked about on the kind of Saturn and Dreamcast episodes in the past, maybe that stuck in two minds. Do we stay in the arcade routes or do we try and go more quote unquote mainstream? I don't know, yeah. but um, they just seem to really have the UK in a grip, and it just I still still baffles me that they weren't able to translate that over onto the Saturn. Yeah, you know, it really it really is. I mean, the the Master System when it came out over here was. It came out at the right price, so it was a it was obviously a, a big leap over your, you know your eight bit computers at the time. Um, it was priced fairly well, so it was well received over here. Um, and from then, the, people were pretty loyal to Sega. And obviously, you know when we had you know pirate TV, Cyber Razor Cut, all that sort of stuff, <laughs> as well as I don't know if you've seen those ads. Yep, you know, yep. for the arcade stick, the print ones, you know, the more you play of it, the harder it gets and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you couldn't run those adverts now, man. You'd, no, have, you off, you'd have off com complaints <laughs> through the roof. But they, 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 were, they, they were making a grab for that older audience. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, feel, it, does, it did feel like some, they lost their way uh, somewhere around that era. Um, I mean, obviously they had the Mega CD, was obviously the the add-on that came out. Again, we got it in the UK so much later than everyone else. Um, the funny thing about the Mega CD is uh, the Mega CD one launched. I I have to try and find out that dates at some point, but I think the Mega Mega CD launched at some point, uh, and it was so delayed and so late that the Mega CD two and the Mega Drive two revisions came out 
months, month, literal two, two or three months after, may even be weeks, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely insane. But, uh, I told you the precedent was there. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we said at the beginning why, of the show, why did we act like this was a surprise? What they're doing? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Sega. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to make a CD, um, but it was uh, it was so expensive. <laughs> I think it was two hundred ninety nine pounds for as long as I could remember. Wow. Um, yeah, um, I remember going into into Curry's when I had my paper round. Um, and this paper paper, round? Uh, the, uh, the, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I, how many papers did you deliver to try and get that? <laughs> well, no, I no, yeah. Oh, I have my uh, my twelve pound weekly. Uh, Weekly paper round money saved up for two weeks uh, to go and buy Comic Zone. <laughs> so, guys, you're saving your paper money up to go and buy a mega CD. <laughs> Mate, I'd still be saving up now. <laughs> <laughs> and told a, told a news agent behind all these BMX. <laughs> oh, Only 45,000 papers left to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I say that I've got to make a CD in, uh, in 2018, that would all make sense then, wouldn't it? <laughs> the oldest paper boy. Dan's second job has been a paper boy since he was 12 to save up for a mega CD. <laughs> oh, oh, but I remember going in and buying Comic Zone, and uh, the, the Sega Saturn was. Um, it, it was it was ninety five, so the Sega Saturn had had was in was in the store then, uh, and Comic Zone was like fifteen quid, but the Mega CD was still in there. Still, I'm pretty sure it was like still one nine nine or something bonkers. <laughs> Who's buying that? You know? people were confused, honest to God. Yeah, I mean, I love the Mega CD. I I, I, I have got one now, um, and a, a few games, and it's uh, it's it's you know, it's very Sega. It's got that. It's got that personality about it. It's quirky, inventive, um, a little bit confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you can't help but think. As much as as much as I like the Mega CD, and I do like the elements of the Thirty Two X as well. I mean, that I think that did kind of break the momentum that Sega had with them with the Mega Drive um, in the West. Uh, in it, sadly, in the UK especially. It's, um, I think it's it's. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, the UK loyalty because obviously we had the Master System and the Mega Drive that customers were loyal to. Um, I know the Saturn suffered the same troubles in in America, but in America they seemed a lot more fickle. It was if you look in America, it's like oh the NES, oh the Genesis, oh the PlayStation. You know, they went they went for all, they went for all uh, all free. Aye. So there's no uh, there wasn't as much brand loyalty to Sega in uh, in the US. No, it was. Uh, I don't know if you, you find that. I think we could be quite kind of tribal over here. I don't know if it comes for the kind of the football mentality. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it is. If it comes for the whole or soccer, yeah, it, soccer it, mentality. It may well do, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think the Mega Drive. Um, it, I think yeah, from ninety five to ninety four, it did sort of sort of slow down and stuff. When it, especially uh, one thing that I wasn't a fan was when you, they changed the the cases from from black to blue. I don't even know. Ah, right. I used to have the kind of black with the kind of white mesh, and then they changed to the the blue with the Mega Drive down the kind of spine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it kind of changed the image, and that was the time with the Mega Drive too. So it was a, uh, yeah. It's 
it feels like it was it was a game of two halves with the Mega Drive. I mean, I loved all of it because um, the Mega Drive was my main console until um, until I got my Saturn in nine, in November nineteen ninety six. But until then, it was um, as much as I wanted, uh, you know, a Mega CD, a thirty two X. And no matter how many papers I delivered, <laughs> I wasn't getting one of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it served me well. I mean, we, I had a, <clears throat> we had eighteen games between us. Um, between my brother, my sister, and I, um, and uh, I managed to rescue most of them from my mum's and buy the ones back that we that we somehow lost over the years. So that was one thing that I did love doing uh, in recent years. Fingers like last year, I got Comic Zone, which was the missing piece of the puzzle. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was quite uh, an achievement. I was that was really pleased with a nice little picture of it as well, with the original Mega Drive as well, my Sonic the Comic stickers. Plastered away. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you, you. I know you were for a lot of the time on the outside looking in. But do you have a, a, a top five Mega Drive games? Um, I'm not going to kind of um, insult anybody. Um, you know, it's, it's a, I've got a fiercely loyal fan base. I don't want to kind of sit here after admitting that I never owned one and kind of give kind of top five games. Um, all, I, all I can say is that there was. You know, a lot of games that were on the Mega Drive that I did, you know, um, play versions of. Mm. Um, you know, there was things like Sensible Soccer, Cannon Fodder, Zool, Flashback, Wolf Child, Toki, yeah. Alien Storm, Golden Axe Outrun, Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm not sure if there was a Turrican on Mega Drive. There was, yeah, Mega uh, Turrican. Yeah, I bet you any money the Amiga version was better, right? And there's that. I'm sticking by that because Turrican 2, is it Chris Fuselbeck? If I can't see his name right, I'm sorry, but that, that soundtrack, Turrican 2's intro music, is for me still one of the greatest pieces of in game music <laughs> ever. That. See that intro? Oh, it's amazing. So it's, it's like a five or six minute um, kind of animated intro it's got with yeah. that music. Oh, it's so good, um, but I so I, mean, I don't I don't have a top five Mega Drive games because I mean as I say I bought one second hand and I had you know Sonic one and two dusty old cartridges and then I had played you know Street Fighter two Champion Edition back in the day on a, mm. a friend's cousin's machine and I had had a shot of Aladdin and, and Lion King kind of briefly but I don't have anywhere near the the experience to to pick out. My um, top five, as I said, mate. Honestly, you've got literally you've you have to throw me water wings here, mate, because I'm <laughs> I'm treading water. So I'll I'll hand over to your good self, and I'll let you do the the, the, the top five games some justice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's fine. <laughs> it's fine, mate, because um, uh, obviously, as I say, it's a it's one that I grew up with. I mean, four four years of it uh, was it was my main console, um, but I think going from Number number five, uh, I'd say Micro Machines Two Turbo Tournament is number five out of my top five Mega Drive games, just purely because of the the, the multiplayer in it was just. It's hard to think of a game that comes that, that many games that come close to it, especially with the uh, with the the extra cartridge, the joypad ports built into the cartridge. I don't know if you ever saw that. Aye, I, I remember. Uh, I've heard about that. Actually, they put the joypad ports in the bloody cartridge. Yeah, so. Aye. It was a genius idea. I think it's the most genius idea there's ever been in gaming. <laughs> Just putting joypad ports on the cartridge. Amazing. Of course, we had <clears throat> I'd had um, some uh, dodgy third-party six-button pads because the real ones were so expensive to play Street Fighter 2. 
and obviously we had the original three button pad so we were fortunate enough to have you know enough controllers uh, you could actually play eight players on there as well micro machines 2 turbo tournament uh, it meant that two players would have to share a controller <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Absolutely insane, mate. But it's, I remember Games Master gave it 100% playability. And uh, yeah, I think they're spot on there. It's so playable, so much fun. Um, we actually, I, when I took a part time job in like a car part warehouse, um, I'd have my I'd have some of my mates back to the house at, at lunchtime. We'd eat our lunch there, still playing micro machines. <laughs> and this was in like uh, 2001. Oh, <laughs> But I had a bit of a shock when I when I said to my kids, oh, yeah, play this. This is what I used to play when I was young. Um, obviously, being a bunch of teenagers at the time, we changed the uh, the character names, the things that are not quite uh, child-friendly or even politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to wipe that pretty quickly. But yeah, absolutely great. Great game. Uh, number four for me would be uh, Aladdin. Um just because, as you say, it, seeing that game, just it, it did. It just looked like a, a cartoon. Um, the animation was some, unlike anything that I'd ever seen before. Um, absolutely blew me away, and it's still brilliant to play today. Um, uh, I managed to beat it, like, beat it in one go last time. I last time I played it, um, so I don't think it's that difficult. But uh, yeah, everything, the animation, the playability, the, the music, the sound, everything is absolutely spot. It's a, it's a masterpiece of a platformer, I think. One of the best platformers ever made. Uh, number three, uh, be no surprise to you, James, is Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, be no surprise to anyone that follows me on Twitter. Um, again, we, I mean, we spoke about it enough on this pod, but just, you know, the amount of time that I spent playing that game, and uh, I remember the, one of the, the one thing I remember. Um, obviously, I got that in '93, um, and I was still buying Mega Drive games in '96, and I obviously got my Saturn in '96. But I remember in '97, uh, I booted it up and played it, and thought, you know what, this is still absolutely amazing. So yeah, um, as you were saying, Street Fighter 2, an absolute legend, uh, a, a, an, an event. An epic event of a game. Um, number two, and I think we're getting to the two obvious ones now. Uh, number two, Streets of Rage 2. Um, is that, I don't know if that's one that you ever got to play, James. Not in its prime. Again, I think the first time I played that, I think that would probably be one of these Mega Drive collections. Mm-hmm. Shamefully, years and years and years later. Oh, it's no shame, uh, mate. It's never a bad time as long as you've managed to play it. Um, I, I actually think, I, I think the first time I played Street Series 2, I think might well have been Mega Drive Collection on the 360. Mm-hmm. And my mate Marks, and we tried to play it in co op, if I remember, and we were so bad at it. <laughs> um, I just. It was kind of funny because obviously my my first kind of experience with side-scrolling brawlers was Final Fight. Yeah. Here comes a tangent. Um, <laughs> so I went to France with the school. I'm with Billy Conley, aren't I? I just go off on these mad tangents and come back to the story eventually. Went to France with a school in primary seven um, to a place called La Clusa in the border of France and Switzerland uh, at the Alps. And basically... The hotel foyer had two arcade games. They had 1942 and they had Final Fight. 
Um, and obviously, final fight was just wow. Just <laughs> at the, the time, it seemed so much larger than life. The city just seemed so mm. alive, and your, your guys popping out windows, and you obviously, you know, smashing up phone boxes and picking up chickens to energy and big haggard dudes, yeah. suplexes and pile drivers, and just you know, just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and obviously, that's where Streets of Age drew its influence from, yeah. um, which I would find out later on. But um, I just the Amiga got a, a port of Final Fight as well, and it was just oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah, I've, uh, so so bad. I do remember playing the Amiga port at, at my friends that I mentioned. <laughs> Jeez, man, I think they had about eight colours on screen or something. It was just so bad um, and so slow. But um, I so um, well, I didn't get yeah. to enjoy Streets of Rage or Streets of Rage Two, and it's it's prime. I did get to enjoy Final Fight. So um, my kind of perspective was obviously you know, coming at Streets of Rage from seeing what influenced it rather than another way about. So, um, I never got to enjoy it in its prime, mate, but obviously it's, it's a game that speaks for itself. It's a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up legend. It's a Mega Drive legend and a, an absolute Sega legend as well. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's so many games that have given that legendary status, but I don't think none of more than Streets of Rage 2. I think it just did everything so well. Um, and you look at the first game and um, I think that's, it's kind of a game that's kind of clinging to that early sort of Sega 8-bit sort of uh, look. It, it doesn't look quite as good as, you know, other games of the era. But Streets of Rage 2, they absolutely nailed the look. It's big, bright, bold, colourful, huge characters, loads of enemies on screen. Um, um, I think the fact that there wasn't a, a decent port of Final Fight anywhere, um, and no, I don't think the SNES one was that all that either, especially since it didn't have a two-player mode. <laughs> Didn't have Guy. They had to make a second game and call it Final Fight Guy. What, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what is that all about? Oh, by the way, see the guy we couldn't fit in the cartridge the last time? We're bringing out an exact version of the game, but you can go the guy we couldn't fit in the cartridge. If, give me a piece with that. Yeah. See, if Xbox pulled that, it'd be chastised, <laughs> mate. Twitter would be in an absolute firestorm. <laughs> so, yeah. So. You'd have crap, you'd have crap gamer going at it. Yeah, Xbox is so any competitive. You know, just <laughs> shut up, man. Just keys peace. It's like uh, here's a here's a remake of Halo Two, um, but you can only play as the Master Chief. Um, we'll sell you the Arbiter cannon. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can pl- you can play Arbiter. Like, Halo Two Master Chief Edition. Oh, a year later, Halo Two Arbiter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was they made the final fight ga- guy version but they didn't actually add the two player mode or make it so that you could fight more than two enemies at once <laughs> jeez man come on yeah. <laughs> oh, man, fight, Streets of Rage 2 just uh, I'm not going to be funny it just embarrasses that, that port because you get so many enemies on screen um, the, the sound effects are probably among the best in the Mega Drive the music is just phenomenal Aye. um He's just yeah, it's it's beat him up royalty. Um, I think it's probably the my favourite traditional scroll and beat him up of all time. Um, I think if you're going to compare it across the genre, I think only Guardian Heroes would probably beat it for me. It's 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 so good. So yeah, that's definitely number two for me, and number one is well again it will be to the surprise of absolutely no one. It's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> it's a game I still play every single year. It's my favourite game of all time. Um, I know there's no such thing as a perfect video game, but uh, I think. Either as me, it's called Sega Rally Championship. <laughs> 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 
Now those are fighting words. Come on, this is a mega chat. <laughs> <laughs> Round one. Fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, your your love of Sega Rally is the same as mine for for Sonic Two. You know, it's it's you know, if you look at what it does, it's there's limited scope i suppose in both of them but what they do what each game does they do so perfectly it's just it's i think it's like that in sega rally what it sets out to do it does it perfectly and the same for sonic 2. um i've played various versions of it um i've played the ios version i've played uh the hack that restores a bunch of the cut content but i think even that that original mega drive game is just so perfect uh, and yeah I, I, I tend to play it at least once a year <laughs> all the way through from start to finish. I think it's one of those games that likes Sega Rally um, I don't know about you but you could you can play it in your head with your eyes closed you don't need yeah. you, you can actually close your eyes and play it you know it sounds daft but you can you can visualise every aspect you, you know where each enemy is going to come where all the rings are where all the bonuses are much like we, we Sega Rally I can especially after sitting playing it and trying to beat my times yeah but i can sit and lie in bed easy right <laughs> oh medium ah oh, you bastard i hit that bloody hairpin you know you, you can see exactly there's very very few games i think that can have that impact um, yeah. which i think is just again testament to to the gameplay that sega put into their into their games yeah oh it's uh, absolutely they they just that's the thing i like that will always bring me back to Sega and why no company I don't think has ever come close to, to what they mean um, but it's, it's, the, it's the feel of their games the gameplay they, they, they just nail how a game really should feel to be played you know yep. you can have your 30 hour long campaigns or story or 70 hour long RPG and opera singing and all that sort of stuff uh, I love Final Fantasy 6 that's not a proper dig but people uh, <laughs> know what I mean <laughs> Um, but Sega is that just the, that instant instant fun. Um, it was like we were talking about that for the Sega Saturn, you know, that eight arcade feel. And it's I feel it's the same for the Mega Drive. It was uh, an arcade machine for the home. Um, yeah, and that's what I love about. It. And I think those those five games there really do uh, exemplify that. So that that is my top five there. See, yeah, I could I could relate. See. Didn't did leave you sitting there just rattling through your list? I, I can relate. See, <laughs> I told you could. <laughs> Final fight, guy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I know. And you want to know the, the worst part is it's ne- that is now one of the most expensive Super, Ni- Super Nintendo games there are. Because, Why is that no surprise me? Because it, I think it was uh, someone will probably know, but I think it's a, it was a blockbuster exclusive something. It was only for rental. So now it's, it's... here. Here we go. Get it like the blue touch people. It's the Spider-Man Miles Morales of Final Fight on the <laughs> Snex. <laughs> mayday, mayday! Shots fired on Sega guy. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I love them all coming for me now. That's a tinfoil yeah, hat on. So you've painted a target on your back now, mate. <laughs> he's not a Sega guy. He's an Xbox fanboy. <laughs> okay. So I think then, <laughs> before, you, before you do yourself any more damage, <laughs> getting more targets on your back, 
maybe we should go and listen to a few <laughs> memories from uh, from our guys in the community. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just defuse things just now. And let's hear, <laughs> let's hear to our, our wonderful listeners. Uh, we've had a few. Um, I had the pleasure of listening to them earlier on. They've obviously been kind of getting in touch with yourself and um, a couple of ones through the Sega guys account as well. So I, um, to those of you that have taken part, thank you very much. To those of you waiting to hear what the other guys had to say, let's roll that audio for you right now. Okay, so our first bunch of memories come from a prominent member of the community. She is a fantastic streamer and YouTuber, covering not just video games, but all things pop culture, such as comics and movies. I had the pleasure of meeting her last year at uh, Play Expo in Manchester. This is the fantastic Trista Bites. Hey guys, Trista Bites here. Thank you for asking me to be involved because the Mega Drive is a console that is so incredibly close to my heart. It was in fact the first console I ever owned that was just mine and I saved up for it myself. It was proof to my family that despite all evidence to the contrary, I could actually save money and not instantly spend it all on chocolate because I saved up the what was then quite a phenomenal amount of money for a child to buy a boxed new Mega Drive 2 with Sonic 2 and two controllers from the local Argos. In fact, I still have it boxed and complete because I would not throw away anything connected to that thing from the pieces of plastic that the things came in to the paperwork that you were supposed to send off for some kind of guarantee. It's all still there with my childish handwriting on it that says, yes, I definitely knew what I wanted when I bought this in the shop. And being that this console only belonged to me, I bought quite a few games for it that involved going to the local Woolworths with a lot of saved up pocket money to sneakily buy a copy of Mortal Kombat 3. Oh yes, a game full of blood and gore because I didn't get the SNES, I had the Mega Drive. And we got all the blood and gore because our console was clearly the better console. Uh, yeah, just slightly reigniting the console wars there. Not that they ever went away. Regardless, I got the game and I queued up. Terrified at any moment, security would eject me from the building for my terrible and not very plausible ruse of hoping nobody would ask me whether or not I was over 15 years old, which I clearly was not. I got to the till, terrified, slightly shaking, handed over my pocket money, and uh, nobody cared. The woman didn't even look at me. And then I left the shop and was slightly perplexed and wondered if I could have actually have owned all the Mortal Kombat games up to that point. But nevertheless... I went home victorious with my copy of Mortal Kombat 3, only to be slightly perplexed when Ultimate Mortal Kombat came out later and it had even more characters. But nevertheless, I had my copy of Mortal Kombat 3 on release. I was the coolest kid in my head and uh, was very, very happy. I got to murder people for a long time in that game and I still have it. And uh, what more do you want other than to be able to throw your mortal enemies with your hair onto a bunch of spikes, quite frankly. So, I mean, that's a terrible summary of the Mega Drive and some of my personal memories of it, but it's a phenomenal console. I still love it. As I said, I've still got all my games in my console boxed and I expect to be playing on it for many, many years to come. Especially as there are so many wonderful indie games that people are still developing for it too. Thank you again for getting me involved in this podcast. You guys are absolutely rock and i look forward to hearing all of your mega drive memories too excellent memories there trista next we have a true friend of the show uh, he's got a shout out a few times on here because he does love our tangents he's a retro game collector he's a great member of the community you can find him on twitter it is of course chris nunn three years after the release i actually got my mega drive i remember it just after christmas time with some christmas money in my hands going into dixon's and asking for a mega drive and a copy of sonic 2 paid for it, they brought out from the back a Mega Drive 2 and Sonic Spinball. Didn't say anything and walked out of the shop. That act might have been classed as stealing, but at 9, you just don't think like that. 
the wonderful thing about the Mega Drive is that it has such an array of games. Some of my favourites are Rock and Roll Racing, Mercs, the two Echo games, all the Micro Machine games, 96 especially, due to the track editor. And for co-op games, I absolutely loved World of Illusion and Ren and Stimpy. I do feel that the add-ons of the Mega CD and the 32X are also underrated as well. So I'd like to just say thank you very much for the Sega guys inviting us onto their podcast to say happy birthday to the Mega Drive. Happy pal 30th birthday to the Sega Mega Drive. Thanks, Chris. Great memories there. So our next set of memories come from another prominent member of the community, as well as a collector of both video games and vinyl. It's a good friend of the show and someone I had the pleasure of finally meeting this year at the Milton Keynes Gaming Market. He's also a dab hand at Synthwave Music, so if you've listened to certain intros on YouTube channels, you may have heard his work. This is, of course, Trip the Console, a.k.a. 8-Bit to Now. Hello, everybody. Trip the Console here. Uh, so Mega Drive memories. Blimey, uh, it is my favourite system of all time. Absolutely love the system. Um, Truxton, yes. Uh, I didn't own the Mega Drive at the time. My stepbrother had it, but we'd go around there weekends and just play it non-stop, hours at a time. Golden Axe as well. By the time I got mine, probably about a year later, uh, Sonic, I think it only just come out, so I got that. Yeah, obviously Sonic's classic, isn't it? classic streets of rage damn when you saw the opening for the first time and then the first level the music it was something else absolutely unbelievable you didn't think it'd get any better and then obviously streets of rage 2 came out and that was just fantastic as well good two-player memories of that um, my mate dave used to come around after school we'd play toe jack manel streets of rage 1 2 road rash 2 uh, gunstar heroes beat that load of times excellent game i actually got gunstar heroes by trading in a brand new well a week old copy of mortal kombat which i won in a competition uh, in a raffle um don't know why I, I liked it but i wanted gunstar heroes so i took it over to tcm in brighton i think it was and uh yeah traded it for gunstar heroes no regrets. Absolutely blinding game. Great memories of that. Still got my copy as well. My mate Alex down the road, um, he liked hard games. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Guy Noog, Hellfire. You know, you got his money's worth out of those, that's for sure. Um, yeah, let me borrow loads of games over the years. There was a little independent game shop only about 10 minutes from my house. So we were in there every day after school checking out all his new stuff he had in, uh, Japanese imports, which I couldn't play, but I really wanted to play. So um, didn't want to spend any money on a converter, so I hacked out the cartridge slot so they could fit. I think Batman was the first import game I played on Mega Drive. Well worth it. Uh, E-Swap, that was another one. Gaiaris, excellent shooter, excellent shooter. Never came out in the UK, so um, I was pretty... Um, blown away when i realized it could be played in english with that cool opening scene that lasts what 20 minutes 15 minutes something like that uh with all the backstory behind it and everything oh brilliant stuff brilliant stuff uh robocop versus terminator that's another good one i remember seeing that in virgin and it had the uh little sticker on it saying not for 
under 16s or something like that and i'm like yes i want that because obviously i don't think i was 16 at the time i was only like 14 or 15 and my dad got that for me for my birthday wasn't disappointed wasn't disappointed good game i used to buy mean machines uh, religiously and then mean machines sega and uh remember when they did that uh, sonic 2 vhs preview tape i um my mate dave came round after school and uh, i prepped the video in the machine and uh pressed play and i said oh dave guess what i got and he's like what uh, check it out he's like no you haven't I'm like, yeah like, you fucking bastard it's a video <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we watched that hundreds of times. Wore the tape out, just watching Sonic Two in action. Uh, and obviously, when it came out, got got myself a copy. Uh, man, yeah, good memories. Good memories. Brilliant stuff there, Trip. So the next contribution comes from someone who needs no introduction if you're a gamer on twitter you likely follow him he also writes now for game culture so definitely check him out on twitter definitely check him out there it is of course the legendary nostalgic gamer good morning afternoon evening whatever time it is where you are my name is brian i'm otherwise known as nostalgic gamer on twitter uh, thank you to Dan from Sega Guys who's asked me to speak a little bit about the greatest console of all time the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis as it's known in America um, I'm going to talk specifically about how it ruined my life and how it improved it all in one go back in 1991 I was nine years old and I was a sort of judo county champion I was winning tournaments all over the place and I had a promising future in martial arts and you know I, I did really well I was dedicated and I stuck with it that was until my my stepfather bought a Sega Mega Drive with Sonic the Hedgehog came home from school one day and tried it uh, now prior to this my only experience with video games was a little bit of coding that I did uh, on the Acorn Electron that was my little computer at home and uh, the BBC Micro at school, you know, when there was one per school and it got wheeled into your class and you played Elite or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was playing this me Mega Drive, playing Sonic, and I was just absolutely blown away by how how fast it was and how colourful it was. And you know, nothing had ever been the same since. This is this was the start of my gaming and where my passion began so on the one hand yes i'm i'm not an olympic champion martial artist on the other hand i have 30 years dedicated experience and joy with with video games and i wouldn't i, I don't regret any of it you know the mega drive was the greatest console is the greatest console of all time and i remember playing games like road rash uh, quack shot streets of rage the revenge of shinobi still remains one of my favorites of all time um but sonic sonic the hedgehog 2 will always be my number one game it's the one i always go back to whenever i just don't know what to play i'll always put sonic 2 on eventually so yeah that's how it improved and ruined my life took away my judo career but gave me 30 years worth of gaming which i do not regret whatsoever Thank you for listening. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brian. Great memories there. I can definitely relate with regards to Sonic 2. Okay, next up we have another great friend of the show. It's another retro gamer. Don't be sure to follow him on Twitter. It is, of course, the chief mega bastard himself, the very deadbeat Mark Fletcher. 
30s in the Mega Drive, eh? Whoa, how kills that? Um, well, it's not kill at all. I'm old. So, <laughs> earliest memory will be probably around 1993. Oh, big kills around seven. Seven, yeah, I was seven, I think. Alzheimer's. Um, and, yeah, I got brought up with the Master System before that, and that was fantastic. Just loved it, and then obviously the Mega Drive hit. Kept mirroring me mum and dad. Really need this. Really need this. It's always Sonic, 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 and eventually I got one. It was yeah, it would have been Christmas '93. I got the it was the Mega Drive Two with Mega Games Two and Sonic One. And the first thing I remember was the difference, the leap. Just, I don't think I've ever seen something so big, even today really. I mean, I know 16 bits of 32, that was a big leap as well. But it was just the sound, the, the colours, it just popped. Everything was brilliant. And Streets of Rage, my God, that soundtrack... When I first heard that, it was like, wow, this this is special, absolutely special. So that's my main memory from the Mega Drive, obviously, how many classics have come out on it, it was just groundbreaking in my eyes, and I absolutely adore the system, but I feel really old, really, really old. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. That's a great memory, and yeah, it does make us feel really old. Um, our next memory is coming from one of the most positive members of the community. He's always a joy to talk to and interact with. This is, of course, Stewie at Stewie55. Hey, guys, it's Stewie here. Uh, just thinking about what you'd asked, uh, you know, your best kind of Sega Mega Drive memory. And I'm just thinking to myself, see, to be honest with you, it's probably one of my best memories is actually recently. Uh, when I got my, my Mega Drive back in August uh, last year, and uh, one, uh, my eldest um, was asking me about it, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, I've, I've never actually played this, Daddy, you know, he says, you, is, it, is it any good? And I was like, <laughs> any good. Of course it's bloody good. It's, it's a Mega Drive. And, you know, I mean, I had this when I was your age. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, um, what kind of games do you have? And I was like, I'm rhyming them off. And he, he said, oh, I see you've got that uh, Sonic game, the, 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 you know, the Hedgehog game. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, so you want to play that? And he's like, oh, yeah, give me a wee blast of that. And uh, we fired it up. And honestly, see, as soon as that uh, theme tune hit and uh, we were playing two-player, oh, man, it was one of the best days I think I've actually had playing my Mega Drive in ages. Could not believe it. We were sitting there grinning and it was just absolutely out of this world. It's wee, wee things like that, honestly, that just sharing it with the family and uh, just their experiences and stuff that really, really make a lot of difference. It is just a wonderful machine uh, and I, honestly, I, I, I absolutely love it to death. It's one of my best best consoles I've ever owned and I was unbelievably grateful to get it back. And yeah, that's, that's probably one of my best memories of recent years. Thanks guys for letting me share. Brilliant stuff, Huey, and that really does show how the Mega Drive is still such a timeless machine. Okay, and last but by no means least, 
Here is someone who certainly no stranger to podcast, being a key member of both the Crossplayers and the Dreamcast years. He's someone who we'd also love to do a collaboration with in the future. Uh, this is the legendary Dreamcast barber himself. Here's Rich. This is Rich from Dreamcast years and the Crossplayers. My fondest Mega Drive memory will forever be the Christmas of 91, when my parents presented me with a shiny new console and three games, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mega Games 1 and Batman. It was the first console I ever owned and I still remember excitedly tearing off the wrapping paper and setting it up on my Amstrad telly. From my first trip to the Green Hill Zone to getting my ass handed to me in Gotham City and my dad unexpectedly developing a minor columns addiction, it was a time in my childhood I will never forget. Other than that, I'd say defeating Deathbringer and rolling credits on Golden Axe. It was the first game I ever completed and that was a truly special moment. Anyway, to James and Dan, I just want to say keep up the great work on what is a mighty fine podcast. Bye. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant, but we're not finished there, mate. Not by a long shot. We've got one more to read out. It is our good friend, Warkana, uh, and she says, Given that the Mega Drive was literally the console of Europe, it always surprised me how little America cared for it. We had a lot of games that literally beat a stronger system through the fact the system's limitations bred innovation. From Zelda clans like Zolil, Crusader of Century for the US folks, Story of Thor Beyond Oasis for the US again, games like B.O.B., Cycle Pinball, Wiz and Liz and Pugsy, we had games that really did a lot for the genres that they were in, all while Nintendo was creating games that played it very safe with already established names. We also had a few benefits due to that, no Final Fantasy meant we had more RPGs that had the room to breathe, no Super FX meant that the Virtua chip for Mega Drive gave us some weird, wild and expensive games, the Mega Drive was never the SNES because even when we got the same things, we got Sega's versions. Never a copy. That's just what made the Mega Drive so much fun. We got something different that the rest of the world missed out on. It was their loss, not ours. It's brilliant, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic memories. And uh, yeah, just remember to give all those guys a, a follow. And you, can, you should be able to find uh, their Twitter accounts, etc. In the, in the show notes. So then, James, I think... Um, on that then, um, I mean, favourite soundtracks was something that I think I was going to comment on, which uh, Streets of Rage, um, I think is obviously one of the ones that sits on top of the pile there. Uh, Ristar, another stonking soundtrack, because um, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a sort of it's the sort of music that I listen to um, over and over again, mate. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, there's just something about that that Yamaha soundtrack soundtrack chip that I just absolutely adored. Um, just incredible memories. I think 16-bit games in general. I think across the piece, you know, had quite you know they had a somewhat limited range. Um, I know the ST um, had you know was renowned for its sound because I think back in the day. From what I heard, I never ever had it confirmed, but I always heard that it was a, a machine that was used by professionals creating music. Mm-hmm. The, the ST was of choice because of the sound chip in it, but um, I mean, 16 bit music in general. I mean, you, you think it, Street Fighter 2 on its own, just that. There's so many iconic ones, Mortal Kombat as well, um, you know, Turrican 2, like we mentioned. Um, Sensible World of Soccer. I'm not sure if the Mega Drive version had the Gold Star Superstar Hero uh, intro music. 
Um, I, I'm not sure if it did actually. You're the ghost of a superstar. Even no, it that didn't. one. No, I don't have that. Cheese. Cannon fodder. Cannon fodder as well. War's never been so much fun. No. Never that as well in the Mega Drive. The Mega Drive had right. a port of Cannon fodder didn't it? Did have a, it did have a port, but it didn't have the, it didn't have the uh, that those songs in it. Nah, I played a, a song at the start, man. I just, um, I just sixteen bit games had. They did the best they could with what they had available, and I think they just have, they've got their own endearing charm to them. Um, nowadays, you've got bloody full orchestras, and you know <laughs> the, the the works mean you get the Halo alone, man. You can replicate Halo standing in your bathroom, you know, yeah. <laughs> just the echo, but you know, haunting kind of goes into full blown orchestral kind of um, movie style kind of scores. So I think at times. You know, it's kind of nice to go back and just remember the, the kind of the fact that these guys were making iconic soundtracks with what was pretty primitive at the time. You know, sound chips. I mean, again, just so many. I mean, magical sound shower as well, stuff like that on, yeah. on Outrun. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just, the music's uh, pretty good in the Outrun port and the Mega Drive as well. Yeah, aye, aye. Um, um, it, it's you hit the nail on the head though, mate. Um, and it's fun. It's interesting because. The, the Mega Drive kind of is that last bastion of the of the sort of chip tune sounds. Um, Mecha Fatnik, who's um, uh, a good friend of the show, uh, he's, he writes a, a lot of articles on video game music, uh, and he does talk about how the, uh, the SNES was the first console to use sampled music uh, or sampled sounds, um, as far as the Mega Drive actually had, you know, proper like a foot of the sounds was generated in the hardware rather than sampled. So the the Mega Drive kind of is that last that last chip tune machine um, before we moved on to samples, and of course after the after the SNES, you get onto you know CD consoles, Red Book Audio. So um, there's definitely something warm uh, and welcoming about those about those older about those older tunes because they're the they're the earworms that stick with you. Not hundred percent, mate. Okay, so I suppose um, that kind of brings us to the end. Now, obviously, the, uh, the the Mega Drive is still fondly remembered. It's, it will forever be Sega's uh, most successful console uh, uh, until we get the Dreamcast too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I think that the love and affection shown by by the community, and uh, I think that the reception that the mini version got as well, uh, just shows how well fondly it was remembered, um, and. I think if the thing is with a lot of these old games, it's uh, like Stewie's memory. Uh, I can relate to that because my kids as well um, have enjoyed playing them time again. I was saying about my daughter playing World of Illusion with me. So um, it's, uh, it's and it's obviously the world that Sega goes to the most when they want to, to give us a, a digital collection or a digital version of something. Um, so for good reason, but 30 years old. Uh, it's like Mark was saying, doesn't that, <laughs> doesn't that make you feel old? Aye, um, I mean it's it's one of these things you think is bad enough. Never you see that the at the time of recording the, the Dreamcast is twenty one years old in North America, <laughs> um, and next month it'll be the same here. Obviously with October fourteenth, and you know Saturn just turning twenty five as well. And these are systems that I think looking back and playing these games just now, they don't seem a million miles away. I think that's the kind of scary thing. It's like, can someone please just hit the pause button on life? Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, um, where, where is time going, man? But 
the fact that you know these consoles have endured, um, and, and not just the Sega side. Obviously, you know people on the PlayStation side and Nintendo side, they'll have their own kind of respective you know retro channels and podcasts that that reminisce as well. Um, but the same for them, you know, very much the kind of the glory days of mm. of gaming. I think I put a tweet out. Um, I think as I said, imagine not being alive to have witnessed Sega at their peak. Yeah. You know, um, it's scary to think that I think Sega have now been out of hardware longer than they were in it. They have, yeah. Um, and that's that in itself, I think, is <laughs> pretty scary. Yeah. Um, along with the kind of the age thing, but um, I mean, one kind of final kind of point to throw in there to the whole kind of legacy um, kind of aspect of it, and and myself and and Andrew. Um, yeah, Dickinson from um, Dreamcast Years and Dreamcast Junkyard. We kind of have mentioned this in private that, and they're kind of getting a wee bit better at it now. They seem to be kind of acknowledging, you know, Saturn and Dreamcast from time to time. But the Mega Drive or Genesis seems to be that kind of go-to. Mm. And me and Andrew have said it's almost as if they're kind of sort of ashamed of of Saturn and Dreamcast. I think it's almost as if. They don't want to ignore it, but they choose maybe not to acknowledge it or both of them quite as often. I think westernly, um, Saturn still gets obviously its fair share of nods in Japan, but um, the the Mega Drive and Genesis seems to be the go-to, and it's no surprise given that it is their their most successful product that they've had. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of it's a shame that they couldn't turn the dominance that they had, especially in Europe and in the UK with the Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, the fact that they somehow managed to, you know, screw the pooch on that and we all know what happened with the, the launch getting rushed forward and retailers not getting it, um, or certain retailers not getting the console or getting the stock in the games and just how you managed to to screw that up. Yeah. You, you literally had it, it was there. But that's the tale of Sega, mate. If, getting back to the very start when you said about, you know, that was a, the Mega Drive was going to be the fifth machine already. <laughs> um, you know, the, the precedent was there. Um, unfortunately, for the way things were going to unfold and for the the way things ended up. But no, what what a machine! Um, I say so I wish I'd been given the opportunity to own one in its prime. Very envious of of those of you who who did own one in its its lifestyle. But hey. I get Jalux Paint too, right? So <laughs> I can have that. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was um, it's uh, it's 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 so scary, and you think how fast time has gone. But uh, as I say, the, I had the, the Mega Drive was my main console for four years, uh, and those four years, I feel I feel like Brian Adams now. The summer seems to last forever. <laughs> it did feel like it was forever. Um, oh. You had all these other, you had the 3DO and a Jaguar and a CDI and the Amiga CD32 and the Mega CD and you, technology is moving so fast up until the PlayStation and Saturn came out. But that Mega Drive, that, those four years of the Mega Drive, I tell you, I could, I could recount those four years more closely than I could recall the last seven um, with the PS4 and Xbox One. They they feel like a flash in the pan, even though it's been actually a longer time. It's just because uh, you're old, mate. That's just, it's that's, that's just agent. Grumpy old Sega bastards, mate. <laughs> I'm going to get t-shirts made up. I'm telling you, see, once this COVID thing buggers off and 
we could have meetups at retro fairs and all yeah. that again. I'm I'm getting grumpy old Sega bastard t-shirts <laughs> made up to th- spot you through a crowd, mate. There he is. But yeah, it was <clears throat> obviously the mega, the master system was what turned my head first of all. Sonic the Hedgehog won my heart um, and made me Sega through and through. And then the Mega Drive just, but, but it just cemented that. It's uh, why I still have my childhood one. Um, why I still play it so much today and it's uh, easily a, a a top three console for me. Absolutely adore it. Um, it's part. It's why I'm I'm the gamer I am today. Um, could have been doing something uh, <laughs> something else, but uh, um, games through and through. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant console. Beautiful, mate. <laughs> Rounded off beautifully. <laughs> so with that, then, um, so. We'd like to hear from uh, your memories. Obviously, we had some some great memories, uh, recordings from members of the community. Uh, but please uh, drop us a, a tweet. Um, uh, give us your thoughts on on the Mega Drive. Give us your best memories. We'd love to read them. Um, it's uh, it's great to get back again. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Xbox Next, isn't it, James? As uh, as per the end of the the, the the vote that we did on our next episode. Yes, uh, the the poll. Um... When Sega met Xbox, I play on when Harry met Sally. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the one that, that narrowly won out. Um, and the, the, the four episodes that obviously were put in that poll, the order they finish is the order we will record them in. So the next one up will be um, the, you know, whenever Sega met Xbox. Uh, I think maybe that's why I lean towards Xbox as much as I do. I still see it as a spiritual successor to the to the Dreamcast and we'll kind of leave it there because I don't want to kind of start we'll end, we'll end up just recording the bloody thing now. there we go Straight into the when a tangent becomes a whole episode well here we are Dan four, four hours later Mate, we could easily do it. <laughs> That's a scary thing, mate. We could we could literally just stay in this thing for like four hours. Mate, we recorded now, mate. That's just got four in the bag now. <laughs> so next, the next two and a half months of Sega Guys episodes in the bag. Um, but the wives wouldn't allow that, mate. So, um, But no, whenever Sega met Xbox is, is next. Um, looking forward to that one. Lots of great games. Kind of a wee bit of kind of bittersweet stuff as well. A lot of games I think that would have maybe come to Dreamcast as well had they been given the, the chance. So no, um, just remember, guys, you can obviously follow us um, myself at the Segaholic. You can get Dan at Swooper underscore D. You can follow the podcast account, which we need to start putting more stuff out for the podcast account, by the way, which is at the Sega Guys or just at Sega Guys. Um, because it's kind of, we put everything out for the personal account, so give the, the pod account a, a follow as well. We'll both be on there trying to kind of put some more stuff out from that as well. Um, this episode's all going well. We'll be out on Mega Drive Monday, the 14th of September, so if you're listening after that, you missed it. We had it out for, we had it out for the anniversary and you missed it. <laughs> um, but just to echo once again, you know, thank you very much to everybody who's sent in their memories, um, who's listened to us, the, the streams and whatnot, the, the feedback has been absolutely phenomenal, so thank you very much once again, and until next time guys, we will catch you in the next one, take care and bye bye Goodbye Hey you NASA 
Give me the Cybo Razor Cut. A Cybo Razor Cut? They get harder. What are you going to do to keep up? Next. Give me the works. To be this good takes sanctity.